Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. A good test of your Bible translation is to see if the word for quiet in 2 is the same as the word used for quiet in 11. Okay, or, or uh, you know, uh, some translations, it's the same word. Some translations will have quiet when it's talking to everyone, including men. But then when it's, when it's used for the women, it's silent. silent. Yeah, and there's a, and there's a difference. Right? Yes. There's a difference. You know, one is uh, how you go about it, and the other one is, is whether you go about it. Right? Or uh, uh, a community of mimes, you know. <laughs> you can imagine how disruptive a community of mimes would be. With, that would certainly. With their glass boxes and ropes they're pulling on. And, um, yes. Did you so, see, ever watch Phineas and Ferb, the time when uh, Doofenshmirtz invented the Miminator? And he, he no. got irritated all the mimes, and he ended up trapping the mimes all in invisible glass boxes. <laughs> no. And the, uh, and the supervisor of, of Perry the Platypus said... Uh, you know, it took us a few days to discover it because we just thought they were really good mimes. <laughs> <laughs> I just always love that scene. <laughs> if you can, if you can so easily, you know, parody someone's craft with that, and everyone recognizes it, exactly. you better you better get some new angles on your your craft of being a mime. Welcome to reading in church and other distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to Reading in Church and Other Distractions. I'm Robert Wallace. And I'm Michael McKeever. And these are the readings for November 10th, 2019, the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost, or proper 27. 27. It's a good number. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, okay. We're on our way. <laughs> my my Multi- favorite, for some reason, it's my favorite number. Really? Multiple of nine? It shows uh, up on tests, and I say, what, what number am I thinking of? And sometimes... But the answer is always 27. Some people get it. Well, we'll have to. We'll find out how many of your students listen to our podcast yes, by that on the next right. day's end. Right. Uh, we're following the consecutive readings, so that gives us a Haggai. Haggai, one. getting yes. a Haggai on. <laughs> yes, the, in the verse fifty. I actually like Haggai. I'm going to be preaching from this text uh, through chapter two, verse nine. Uh, Psalm one forty five, one to five, and then seventeen to twenty one. Uh, and then continuing our exciting journey in Second mm. Thessalonians mm-hmm. uh, two one to five, and then thirteen to seventeen, and then Luke twenty twenty seven to thirty eight. With the so. Sadducees, wah, wah, sad trombone. Hope that, you, <laughs> hope that you'll like us on Facebook. <laughs> follow us on. We got a lot of energy today, Mike. Maybe I'm, I'm, some I'm uh, sad trombone, sad uh, sound I'm effects sure. in the background. <laughs> I'm sure you will add the sound every effect. time they're mentioned. Word of the day. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> We used to have word of the day in faculty meeting too. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yes, I, it came up in my feed, and the last oh, yeah? one that I suggested was, "Say what you will about Hitler, but <laughs> right, <laughs> right." No right. one got any points that day. <laughs> no one got points that day. That that I remember that joke from the Ricky Gervais uh, comedians in cars having coffee, where the payoff on his joke was that was a bad honeymoon. And say what you want about Hitler, but that's a bad honeymoon. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what are they talking about? Not a clue. The uh, anything anything that we do want to talk about? That was probably something we didn't want to talk about. But anything we do? Yes, want to talk about? we have a question. Oh yes, that's right. Question that we that we found. Go for it. Mm-hmm. And on our page, it's just directed to both of us. It doesn't really say, but it seems like I got a, no, a note somewhere. It was, it, said, it was for Mike. The one just above that says this. Oh, is for Mike. there it is. Yes. Okay. I don't have to answer this question. Feel free then, to so chime in if you want. No. No. Okay. No. 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 
your question. I'm wondering, here's the question. I'm wondering if Mark and or Luke contain anything comparable to Matthew's five discourses or John's seven signs. In other words, some kind of internal structure that is useful for outlining the text. Yeah, I read this to you in, in Hymned and Hod about it just before the podcast. You uh, did. Yeah. Uh, and so I would say, hmm, sometimes it's whether we discern the principle. You know, we could say there's no there's no structure whatsoever, but um, we might be missing something. So I would, I think— Are you bo- talking about me and Jeremiah right now, or are you talking about the question? I, I'm talking about the question. I feel a little attacked about Jeremiah right now. I'm just oh, going to go oh, ahead and say about it. Jeremiah? Yeah. Oh. Having no, me always saying it has no structure. And oh, There's oh, nothing oh, organized. Well, that's—I mean, it could— could be something like we find something funky and like, oh, that's the key. Well, you know, I think about Luke uh, spatially. So spatially yes, is how I think about Luke. And you could say, if you're thinking Luke X, you're talking about movement toward and movement away from the temple and and uh, smaller gradations of space that he's always playing with the theology of space. So you could, that would take a lot of work for you to get into that mindset to think about space the way they did. Yeah. But, but certainly spaces as a... Um, sacred spaces and and uh, gradations of purity and places where you receive revelation and and those things being in tension with each other. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see, Mark. I'm not a Markan specialist by any means, but um, more and more people are reading Isaiah or Isaiah's the, the Exodus imagery in Isaiah or Isaiah's second Exodus, the Isaiahic second Exodus sort of stuff mm-hmm. as a, a, a more of a, a thoroughgoing motif, which might, which might be more of a controlling motif. I don't know enough about that. Well, one it to certainly think does that. open that way. Right. I mean, that's yeah. the opening of Mark is very much pulling into that Isaiah, Isaiahic mm-hmm. Exodus motif. So I, I would not be surprised if that was the right. case. Right. And the, the, the way that if you read both of those verses together at the opening of Mark is saying, the uh, the good news of Jesus is just like Isaiah said it was going to be, rather than right. the good news of Jesus stop. It's just like Isaiah said, you know, as though it's yeah. a new thing. Then you start listening for all kinds of echoes of Isaiah, or uh, mm-hmm. Isaiah becomes the the lens to understand Mark. Which well, that's well, makes sense. Just real quick, what you're saying is that when you read when you open the book of Mark, a lot of people say the gospel of Jesus Christ, Son mm-hmm. of God. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As it was said according to the scriptures right. in Isaiah, but you're mm-hmm. saying you put all that together, the gospel of Jesus Christ, just is, as Isaiah yeah. said mm-hmm. in the scriptures, yeah. and then make right. that tie in there. Right. Because there's no because before Mark, there wasn't really a gospel. I mean, there wasn't right. a thing called a gospel, except Isaiah uses that language, okay? Right. Which is late, he which, does. later in 40 than we thought, a couple of podcasts yes, ago. Yes, we you couldn't sent find me that it. note later. Yeah. It's like, I don't, that's not what it says yeah, here. I know it it's says here it later. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So right around 40, he starts using that language. So, um, yeah, there. Answered that one. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty clear. I think <laughs> not I think as not as obvious to us as say uh, five things, five long uh, sermons that Matthew gives, yeah, and, or seven uh, signs, signs, and uh, you know, find two people who agree on the seven signs, and then <laughs> give you a quarter for that. I mean, not everyone <laughs> agrees on the seven signs, uh, but uh, certainly signs are significant and. Whatever you consider the final sign, that's usually where people argue about. But that's where they. The wedding's one, right? Is the wedding one? Yes, the wedding is, yeah, okay. is one We're of the signs. We're all agreed on one? Yes, because okay. he says that. This is the first okay. sign. Right, that's what I thought. <laughs> start, I thought so. start looking. Yeah. So they don't start arguing at, at the wedding. No, they, that one's pretty clear. You shouldn't, you shouldn't argue at a wedding. It no. sets the wrong tone. No. That's just... Uh-uh. Right. It ruins... It's a special day for someone. Fe- people are drinking 180 gallons of wine. There could be some arguments. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably right. Depends on, <laughs> depends on the person. Oh, Wow. 
For other people, there's no arguments if there's 180. Oh, oh you know, I grew up hearing that that wine had no alcohol in it, though. Yeah, so that was the, that, that would be the second miracle. <laughs> 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 Hence the debate. <laughs> Obviously, uh-huh. oh, well, I grew up in a in a very a temperance influenced Baptist tradition. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, so the wine Welch's. in the Bible never had any alcohol. Uh-huh. No, it's exactly like Welch's juice. That's right. Yes. That's right. And all those things, all those waxing rhapsodic about wine. Give wine to the dying. Like, yeah, it's just, everyone loves it. Everyone loves grape juice. Why? It's a big fan. Why wouldn't a dying person like grape grape juice? juice. (laughs) Uh, How about Haggai? You ready to go, Haggai? I'm going to get back on that page. And yes. Yes, I am. I'm going to say, Mike. A lot of, lot of names. Wow. So good good luck. I hope you're warm. Okay, hang on. We're doing this a little, later. We're doing this a little bit later than we normally do it, so I feel like you've had a good chance okay. to talk today. I did Are some talking. I did some professional talking, about two hours worth. Okay, good. So you should be warm. Yeah. You should be warm. All right. Yeah. This is, by the way, second most fun name to say in this passage. Just thought you should know that. So, okay. Oh, oh, second. In the, in the whole Bible. Yeah. My, my number one is from Isaiah 8, Mahar Shalom Hashbaz, oh. is the most fun name to say. Okay. But number two Ooh. comes in this passage. So. Oh, you do have a lot of names here, don't you? Okay. There's a lot of names. Okay. There's a lot of Okay. Have fun. In the second year of King Darius, in the seventh month of the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of... That's the one. That's the one. (laughs) Zerubbabel. And Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? Yet now take courage, O (laughs) says the Lord. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Take courage, all of you people of the land, says the Lord. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the promise that I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit abides among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once again, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I, I think that says that on the license plates here. It, it does. It does. And I will shake all the nations so that the treasure of all the nations shall come. And I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. This Will the ushers please come forward? I've heard this. I've heard this before. Oh, here we go. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Well, that's not who was saying it in the other church. Okay. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place... I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. Oh my goodness, there's you can take this out of context so well. And and I've seen it done. Man, yes, yes. it's probably one of the most misused <laughs> Well, if you don't count Malachi, yes. And the minor prophets. Yes. <laughs> misused. Oh yes. Um it, really interesting because this Haggai is one of the two prophets of the rebuilding, which on my introduction to Old Testament test I missed um because um, I missed that day. I skipped that day. I don't remember why I skipped the day that he was teaching uh, the prophets of the rebuilding, but for whatever reason, I didn't go to class. And Dr. Browning, apparently in that class, When you say the rebuilding, do you mean the fundraiser at church? or do I, you mean... I don't. Okay. I don't. Okay. I mean returning from exile. Oh. 
And and apparently on that day, I wasn't in class, and apparently on that day, Dr. Browning jumped up and down and waved his arms and said, I'm going to ask you on the test who the prophets of the, the two prophets of the rebuilding are. Mm. And the answers are Haggai and Zechariah. Mm. If you put Ezra and Nehemiah, I will put giant red X's <laughs> on your test and humiliate you, which of course, since I was absent that day, didn't get that information. <laughs> and on the exam, I put Ezra and Nehemiah, oh. who in fact Ow. are not prophets oh. and got two giant red X's back on <laughs> my exam. had to wear it around your neck the rest of the yeah, I semester. I did, like a scarlet Haggai and Zechariah. Wow. And, uh, and so I, of course, since that time, have never forgotten that Haggai and Zechariah are the two prophets of the rebuilding. Uh, two dealing with two very different issues. I mean, they're dealing with exactly the same issue in two very different ways. Uh, the building of the temple. Uh, the people have come back. And they kind of started building the temple, and then they kind of thought it was more important to build their stuff. And uh, so it's an interesting contrast because, you know, before this, all the prophets were like, you know, I don't want you focusing on the offerings. I don't want you focusing on the sacrifices. I want you focusing on having your hearts right. Um, and the implication of that is because then the offerings and sacrifices are actually meaningful. But unfortunately, the temptation to take some of that out of context is, oh, apparently God doesn't even want offerings or sacrifices, so we don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. So Haggai's coming in on the other side of that saying, look, you know, you came back and you did a halfway job on the altar and the and the temple. You're living in paneled luxury houses, and the house of God is a mess. Mm. I mean, mm -hmm. you guys remember the former time? You remember what the temple looked like then? Does it look like that now? How do you feel about it now? And so Zerubbabel, who is in the line of David, by the way, had a colleague at uh, school I taught, New Testament colleague, who had prayed that he would have a son whom he would name Zerubbabel so he could call him Bubba. Um <laughs> <laughs> and because God is a just and loving God, he had four daughters. Oh, um, oh. He was holding out for that for wow, years. Wow, God is having a good life. God never sent him Let's a boy. Let's see if he'll roll so the anyway, dice again. Zerubba. <laughs> roll the dice Zerubbabel. is an Old Testament uh, euphemism, by the way. That is, it is. It's casting lots. Um, <laughs> the uh, the Zer Zerubbabel is in the line of David, so he's a prince and a governor, but he's keeping that line. He's not... He's not uh, He's not a king. This is not a time of kingship, but there is some, a uh, little bit of messianic language used in this book about him. He is, he is thought of favorably. And, and part of the reason he is thought of favorably is for the very first time, I think, in the Bible, <laughs> mm. the prophet told the king, don't do something. And the king or the leadership didn't do it. Mm. I, I just, I can't, I'm having a hard time pointing to any other place. Mm. Uh, I guess the second, uh, the, the, the Ashdod rebellion where Isaiah preached naked so I guess this is the first time someone didn't have to get naked to make the point hmm. uh, that uh, you really shouldn't do this. You should obey God. And because Haggai said, you know, focus on rebuilding the temple. And Zerubbabel said, you know what we ought to do, guys? We ought to rebuild the temple. And so he did. <laughs> but he took the credit for himself. It, uh, <laughs> no, no. This is a happy ending. This is a, a truly. And, and what's interesting, Zechariah does exactly the same message talking about rebuilding the temple. But what's funny is uh, Haggai is it's it's sort of a poetic narrative it's 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 always written in hebrew as prose but it's there's a lot of similarities in the lines enough that i want to say this is probably has some poetic elements to it it's not like malachi which is thoroughly prose this one has there's a there's some poetry notions here and uh anyway he 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 has a sort of hey the house is a mess Zerubbabel, you got to do something Zerubbabel says he'll do it happy ending Zechariah has all sorts of visions and an angel appears and it's really the it's the beginnings of this drama. 
It has tons of drama. It's the beginning of apocalyptic uh, writing in Zechariah, where you get, you know, just reading, if you go through and just read the headings in Zechariah, you know, the angel in the lampstand, the, the angel in the little bucket. The angel, I mean, it's just mm-hmm, all this little, mm-hmm. <laughs> these stories that you get in, in apocalyptic writing. And so Haggai is not like that, but it's the same exact message. They both were concerned about God's house. They both were concerned about um, about rebuilding it. And, you know, basically the point being, look, God, God needs to be a priority. And right now you're making yourselves a priority and throwing God a bone afterwards. Um, the silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. I mean, that's God is making the point that, well, how am I functioning in your life? That's the real question we have to ask here. (laughs) The other prophets are standing there with their olive trees and buckets like, Oh yeah, that's, that's a succinct way to say it. That's a way to say it. it Sometimes I suppose it's a whisper. That's right. That's right. What, what am I going to do with all these visions I've got back yeah, here? Yeah, and Isaiah, so. get dressed. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Isaiah's like, anything to get him to listen. Anything to get him to listen. I think the Isaiah was in the truck in front of me. Did you see what I posted? Yes, I did see what you posted. <laughs> There's a, it's November 1st. There's a guy in a truck in front of me taking his shirt off because he's too hot while driving. Well, you're in California. It's always <laughs> well, it hot. It wasn't there. that hot. Well... That's true. You're in the middle of California. Let me just say, let me clarify. He was warm. He wasn't hot. I see. <laughs> he was just I a see. driver who was warm. So you're not going to burst into flames or anything, right? I mean, during this podcast, no, uh-uh. the fires are no way from you, right? No, no. Okay. I did ditch by a car, though, while you were talking about, hey, guy, I just said, okay, see you there. You know. Oh, you bought a car while well, I was talking? I made arrangements, too. So not that wow. I wasn't listening. I was listening also. Sure, I could tell. <laughs> you're like the students. Yes. I told you what the, my provost years ago used to say, which was the longer I'm around the faculty, the more I understand why the students act the way they do. So. <laughs> well, you know, my new institution, people don't draw as much. They don't doodle as much. Not really. Uh, we, just, we just skewed doodling. Well, there were a lot of architects and visual design people at our previous school. I, that spreads, I, know. I think. I know. It's, that's very, a culture. Uh, it's a culture. As Ned Flanders say, they're very doodly. They are very, very doodly. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, that's Haggai. That's what I'm trying to say. In a, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. As, as the other prophet would say, Zechariah. Yeah. <laughs> a nutshell. What? I can, yeah. I can work with that. The, a nutshell, yes. The symbolic <laughs> nutshell, right? No. And the no. oil. Yeah, no. No, no, no. I like Haggai. Hey, he's to the point. Yeah, he is. People listen to him. And people listen. That's the part that I can't get over. Haggai is like sure, the one prophet you, you sure that a gave prophet? a message. I know. How does that even work? Yeah. Yeah. How do you get that sweet deal? Hey, you people need to listen to me. You know what? We should probably listen to him. What? <laughs> I did. I, how could I have possibly anticipated that to work? As long as he doesn't try to lecture the other prophets. You know, Jeremiah, you know, you just got to. Yeah. You know what you, you, know you could have tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe all the whining. Maybe that's why they didn't maybe, listen to you, Jeremiah. Yeah. Maybe it was all the whining. Maybe that's it. Wow. Oh. Well, you never know what God's got for his prophets. Maybe just leaving, leaving that out, you know, as hope for other future prophets <laughs> that... It could be, could be that someone listens to you. Fat, yeah. fat chance. <laughs> that guy's interesting because he's uh, he doesn't have any uh, information about um where his his family name is. Like he's just he's just the prophet Haggai, and so we don't know anything about son of or where he's from or or anything. He's just the prophet Haggai, and uh, just some people say, "Oh, he's probably a priest because he's concerned about the temple." And some people say, "Oh, he's probably not a priest because he's you know." It's like, all right, nobody, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all sorts of ink spilled on yes. who's Haggai because mm-hmm. nobody knows who Haggai. Mm-hmm. He just pops mm-hmm. in, gives a word, listen to, and then hmm. I think it's like 38 verses total. This whole yeah. book, so it's wow. not a wow, not much to it. But it's uh, 
I, I think a wonderful picture of actual surprising obedience. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> of and making God a priority. Great. Pops in and he's got, hey, just a thought, guys. <laughs> yeah, just a thought. Maybe maybe we should start thinking about God first. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying. Okay. Just going to leave that there. Just going to put that out there and move on. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> hey, you know, he makes a compelling argument hmm. and he's not naked. Who is that no guy? Symbolism. Oh. That's a good thing. Yes. Is this spelled the same way as the uh, the pastor in Texas, John Hagee? Is he spelled the same uh, way? I, I don't even know who that is. He's very much into prophecy. He would he would be like Zechariah. He wouldn't like Hegai. He's, yeah, he he's, like he's usually he's got a world map or a chart behind well, him. Well, Zechariah may be fancy, but I'm plain spoken. <laughs> I'll just think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had a uh, we had a missionary fancy book learning Isaiah had a so. missionary from Lebanon in uh, our chapel. They don't call it chapel. They call it college hour. People come to it. Okay. We don't make them. And they come to it by the droves. It's great. Was it good? It was good. It was good. See, this is my point. He, my argument was always, Levin, maybe if we made it good, people, we wouldn't have to require yes, them. <laughs> we had really good people. And it was a good, limited... I was going to say the music was good, but maybe that might be overstating it. But um, yeah, he was talking about Lebanon the day after the prime minister, you know... Uh, uh, resigned. There's, there's, there's oh, wow. so much going on in the world. You don't hear about what's happening in Lebanon. Yeah. They've been in, up in arms, and and he was just he was funny. He was just going on and on and saying. And he's talking how many times Lebanon is mentioned in the Bible. How many times is the United States mentioned? <laughs> Lebanon <laughs> is mentioned forty something. Of course, if John Haggai was in the audience, do you remember? Do you remember his name? Because I know a guy who is in. He's the head of uh, Youth for Christ. He's he's oh, Lebanese okay. uh, in in Lebanon. Yes, yes. The one. Do you know? Is he? The Lebanese, uh, the Lebanese, oh, I forget the group now, Social Education and Social Development, the, Education, the Lebanese Society for Education and Social Development. I know that I know the guy who was the chairman of that. It's hmm. a pretty young guy. And, uh, He's probably. Oh, this guy's a little bit older. Yeah. He's a little bit older. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. Lebanon's a fascinating country that uh, um, with so many, just, I mean, just, I mean, it's one place in the Middle East where you can be openly Christian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm makes an interesting challenge for well he was talking about for people there how he hates syrians <laughs> yeah and so of course god's going to work with him on that because god's bringing right. millions of syrians there's so you know the percentage right. of lebanon that's refugees is just astounding i it's mean a, it's amazing from all the under unrest and now and now god's bringing all these syrians who made their life hellish for about you know 15 years and you know right assassinated their ruler and et cetera et cetera so yeah. uh yeah, God's bringing these these Syrians and changing Christians' hearts. You know, it's it's a. Uh, uh, you know, I went there with Karen because she she told me about this guy coming, and we just mm-hmm. talk about we just talking about on the way back that evangelicals are the most hostile to to refugees in mm-hmm. our country. It's just astounding. Mm-hmm. You think about <laughs> missions and going. You know, these incredible amounts of money that we raise to reach people in foreign lands, and they're they're dying to get into our country, and we're like. We're we're the most hostile demographic in America. It's astounding. It the it's so funny. I hear think you we tell need to story. change our name. Yeah. The uh, well, uh, that uh, years ago when I was uh, Nabil when he was talking about this was talking about the way in which God was changing uh, his heart and his attitude toward uh, Hezbollah after the, mm. the the Israeli. I mean they that basically in 2006 that he said that we felt like it was Iran and Israel's war that they fought in Southern Lebanon. And, uh, yeah. and the, the church there was taking in, um, refugees, many yeah. of them Hezbollah mm-hmm. refugees. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they just basically said, you know, he said, we basically were faced with one of two issues. Either 
we would see these people as uh, created in the image of God and containers for God's grace, and so therefore we needed to love them and care for them. He said, or or we could see these people as our hated enemies, in which case we were commanded to love and care for them. So the choice was up to us. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> so, right. So he said it changed. It just He said we were commanded to be salt and light, and, and it changed everything. And it got to the point where soon they got the reputation so that when they were opening some of their schools in areas that were Hezbollah controlled, that Hezbollah was providing the protection for them because you know, don't mess with them. They are, they're godly people. Mm. They're taking care of our people. They love our people. Oh, we know okay. that they're, you know, we know that they're some other denomination of Christians, but, uh, but we're taking care of them. Yeah. This Le- Lebanon's a fascinating place. It really is. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> Yes, fascinating. It's just like they've really paid a price to be so fascinating. They have. They have. Yeah. Well, interesting times. In, <laughs> yes. So. Pay a lot. Costs a lot to be interesting. Unfortunately. Ah, uh, yes. The prophet Hezbollah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Hey, guy. Oh, yes, yes. That one too. You're on a roll today. All right. How about uh, Psalm 145? All right. I can do that. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. The Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doings. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of all who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh will bless his holy name forever. And ever. And ever. Yeah, don't yes. forget the, the yes. rest of it there. This is a um, an acrostic, and you might say, but wait, there's only 21 verses. Yes, there are only mm-hmm. 21 verses. I don't know why that is, um, but there are only 21 verses. I can't remember if one letter is missing or if it is... I'm just going to try and go up and see if I could find real quick if a letter is missing. That's the real question. Hmm. Um, or if it is a... Like one of them's doubled. Uh, I don't see a missing letter, so I think there must be one verse that it's doubled up on, uh, okay. and it's just tricking you. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's an acrostic. It is at the end of book five, um, and for Gerald Wilson, I think for him, it was sort of the actual end of book five. It's a it's a Psalm of David. And it's the last psalm of David in in the text. The psalms, the the, the prayers of David, son of Jesse, are actually ended after mm-hmm. Psalm one forty five. For real, a whole, for real yeah, this time. This is like seventh in a row at this point. But now, mm-hmm. you know, ver, uh, we referenced that Psalm, psalm seventy two said that they were ended, but there's like eighteen mm-hmm. more, and so this is the uh, the actual for real last one. And uh, it was, I think, for Gerald Wilson, it was sort of the official ending of the Psalter because Psalms 146 to 150, uh, hmm. a book of hallelujahs, and I think for him served as a kind of a doxology at the end of the Psalms. So he didn't really think of, he, he sort of always bracketed them off separately as kind of a big doxological conclusion uh, where you hmm. don't get the the pictures like you get here of of David crying out into God. And, and um, okay. 
I've talked before about sort of my narrative approach to the Psalms that, of course, follows from Wilson and DeClassy Walford. And and Wilson's approach says that, you know, books one and two are celebrating Davidic kingship. Books three is wrestling with the loss of that Davidic kingship. Book four is is uh, trying to wrestle with, well, maybe we should actually focus on God as king. And then book five kind of has that new orientation. And the end of book five, we have David say, my God and my king in Psalm 145, which comes at the end of the book. So in his mind, that's sort of the end of that progression of the people wrestling through David is king. Wait, David's not king. Maybe God is king. Yeah, you know what? God is king. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of okay. life. Um, which on some levels works. Um, unfortunately, book five, it's not quite as neat and tidy as, as Wilson's thesis would make one believe because the beginning of book five has some more Davidic kingship language uh, in uh, in there and so it's it's not quite as neat and tidy as it would help my thesis for it to be but uh but i do think there is something there as as david begins mm-hmm. deferring to to god as king more so than you get at the beginning of the the beginning of the psalter um hmm. yeah we jump through jump through and around since so the beginning and the end of this psalm um and i don't know what else to say about it beyond that it's a beautiful text of you know god's greatness and um, looking over those who take care and being just and kind. And Funny that you should say you don't know what else to say, because while you were talking, I pulled up the Amplified Oh, is, is it louder? <laughs> no, it's, it's just longer. Oh, it's longer. I'm sure. <laughs> I came across a version of it. I was like, I got to get that. That's going to enhance our, our well, don't, podcast. Don't blow our speakers. The Amplified yes. version. Right. Yes. Although apparently as the podcast goes on and I get quieter, maybe we do need the amplified version. I don't know. Maybe. Yes. Yes. I just, yes. <laughs> so funny. The amplified version, everything to get all these, the redundant Bible, the, yeah. the, uh, the square bracket Bible, Yeah. <laughs> just cruising through the Psalm seeing like, yeah, here's 17. Here's a nuance in 17. I don't know if you noticed. The Lord is just in the Lord. Way. The Lord is rigidly in brackets, righteous in all his ways. Oh, wow. What? Rigidly what? righteous? <laughs> Rigidly righteous. I don't know that I like that. I don't know that that even makes any the, sense. Uh, I know. That's the least, that, that one made the least sense. That's why I'm sharing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, it's right at my fingertips should we need it. Oh, good. Should there be any down downtime? We got the Amplified good. Bible well, right, right there for us. I, I think, you know, we said before, but it's probably worth mentioning again, anytime you have an acrostic, you have that sense of from A to Z, right? This is all there is to say. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I mm-hmm. think it's it's a disciplined, very rigid, poetic form. And to have David opening with God as king and then going through those qualities of kingship, I, I think that's, a, that's not an insignificant thing to finish uh, – the last Davidic Psalm with an acrostic is sort of a saying of this, this sort of sums it all up for us. This is, this mm-hmm. is okay. theology from A to Z. And, uh, yeah. So even, and even though God will, you know, not be nice to those who oppose God, God all flesh are going to bless God's name forever and ever at the end of the Psalm. So, so he will destroy the wicked, but all flesh will bless his name. So, mm-hmm. so, so there's, there's good news too. Or else. Or, or, or else. Or else. <laughs> the world shall learn of our peaceful ways by force. <laughs> right. The Futurama reference, by the way. So anyway. Yes. I don't know that one, That's but that sounds about that right. Was the one sounds where right. Bender ends up rejecting all technology and going to an, an island. So, along. <laughs> 
Well, oh. it's a good, it's a good oh. story. It's a good story. Vendor. Oh, how can vendor reject technology? Yeah, well, that was a, that was a plot point actually. So that's deep. It is. It is. Hmm. That's a different podcast. Interesting. Interesting. I think there's some analogies there for people to be non-religious. I'm sure. You ready for Thessalonians? I know you're ready for Thessalonians. I've been holding you back on 2 Thessalonians. So let's... I'm I'm ready for it like the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, Nobody is expecting that. All right. Uh, Verse 1 of chapter 2 through verse 5 and then 13 to 17. Do you want me to chime in with amplifications? I don't, actually. When... <laughs> in fact, I'd, I'd prefer you not at all. Um, okay. In fact, in all fact right. I, you don't have to speak while I'm reading. Just, just don't feel compelled. <laughs> we'll be fine. Okay. All right. As to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we beg you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as though from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord is already here. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the lawless one is revealed, writing these steps down, right? That one mm-hmm. destined for destruction, he opposes and exalts himself above point, every pointing at a church so-called, while he says this. <laughs> so-called God or object of worship so that he takes a seat in the temple of God, declaring himself to be God. Do you not remember that I told you these things when I was still with you? But we must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, beloved by the Lord, because God choose God excuse me God chose you as the first fruits for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and through belief in the truth for those for this purpose he called you through the proclamation of the good news so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ so then brothers and sisters stand firm and hold fast to the traditions that you were taught by us either by word of mouth or by our letter now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself, the God of our Father, who loved us and through grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, comfort your hearts and strengthen them in every good work and word. All right. This makes me wonder, hmm, if he follows that tradition of Paul with the, the three Christian virtues, faith, love, and hope, mm-hmm. um, he changes those around for different contexts. Mm-hmm. So I should probably scroll up to the start of second Thessalonians. That's a Pauline thing. I wonder if the people look at that, if they use that, because this, this is the second Thanksgiving in a short letter. There's two Thanksgivings, you know, I think he's trying to get them back on track from this, this more esoteric stuff, uh, in one through five. Yeah. Could be, but, uh, yes, he's ending on hope. Are you talking about verse verse 16 who loved us in grace and gave us eternal and good hope? Is that the, yeah, yeah. no, I don't see all three of those, but it reminded me of that, the way Paul, um, changes those around depending well, on, verse, the, on verse 16 the, on has the love and grace and hope mm, yes but it's usually faith uh oh, faith i'm sorry faith love and hope yeah that's so grace here yeah gotcha so but uh so it's not paul right <laughs> no so obviously it's not paul right sorry that was my bad my bad clearly yeah uh faith love hope expectation there's a lot more in the amplified bible sure i, I would guess rigid and <laughs> rigid it's louder <laughs> so it's louder it's a bigger font. It's bold. It's yeah. bold all in caps. Way. It's all caps. The whole Bible. It's just all yeah. caps. <laughs> Especially Lord. Especially yeah, we were Lord. talking about That's that this week. That you know, years ago I could read a text in all caps and I didn't even think anything about it. And now I read something in all caps and it looks like someone's <laughs> shouting at me. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so tanky, funny yeah. how times have changed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is one of those. Um, Text where people spend a lot of time speculating about what in the world is Paul is talking about. That the Thessalonians, Thessalonians knew what he's talking about, but there's all kinds of speculation about the who is this man of lawlessness. Um, 
You're not asking and, me for a name, are you? Because uh, well, no, I've got a newspaper oh, okay. here. I'm okay, gonna go through my several current, come to mind, but go ahead. Current current theories here. So let me just grab this. Um, no one gives a definitive answer. I mean, it is it is not unlike um, some sort of antichrist sort of figure. Yeah. That uh, that that isn't explained well in other places as well. You know, it's yeah. just something that they seem to have known an expectation of uh, something that predates the end that he's going to point to as, uh, as uh, definitive that we're not, we haven't reached that point yet, which the tenuousness of that leads to all kinds of speculation about um, the, uh, uh, where's the, what verse is it? Uh, the thing that is restraining. Where is that? The one, Maybe I, maybe I'm reading the verses in between. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, I think so. I, I'm more, more broadly in the chapter. There's a lot of speculation in Second Thessalonians. We don't have a lot of firm uh, ground to stand on in terms of these uh, uh, the chronology of the end time and the uh, the people Dang who it. populate it. Yes, I know, I know. There's, There's a, a lot, lot of, of money to be made in the chronology of the end time, Mike. Uh, you and I are really missing out on this. Probably, yes. yes. I for As years I said, have suggested writing a book entitled No One Knows the Day or Hour Except God and Me. I, I, I really me. feel come, like that come, would sell. Come to me, my our seminar. Yes. 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 Yeah. No, we can't we can't uh, we can't focus on money in Dang this it. age. But as I said, as I like to say, we're gonna make a lot we'll make a lot as consultants in the uh, in the millennium. Okay. 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 We're going to clean up. All okay. right. That's good news. Our reward is not in this world. Dang. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think we've proven that. <laughs> yes. Yes. If there's anything, if you know, if you remember how I lived among you, That's you'll right. know this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with this, with As he's Paul, buying his new car off uh, Craigslist in this uh, podcast. Uh, 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 no, I'm thinking of Paul eating his sad brown bag lunch. Out of, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> while, he's, while he's preaching while everyone's taking a siesta in the rest uh, of the Mediterranean. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm going far afield. <laughs> because you don't... But, you, go ahead. Because I have nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> I have no yeah. speculation. I wasn't going to say that out loud, but I did then. And then that was an unguarded <laughs> moment for me. So. I don't. I don't. I have to, let, have to stretch this out because it's so it's so vague. The second, the second time through, they misunderstood Paul the first time through. And the second time through, he's being even more concise yeah. and not explaining. But this man of lawlessness is talked about uh, in terms of... Um, well, people think about him as a spiritual figure or a de- demonically inspired uh, human figure. He's talked about in different places, like how people talk about Satan in 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 the Old Testament, which is not a lot, but the few yeah. times that it does. And then and then it's also he's also talked about as uh, as some previous rulers who you know have his habit of desecrating temples yeah. uh, when they conquer you or. Uh, wanting to put their own image in the temple. Right, okay, right. so that sounds very Roman to me. But yeah, yeah, Roman. But it could go, it could go back to Antiochus, sort of uh, the fourth. Yeah. Antiochus liked Zeus, though. He liked, yeah, not not himself. But then well, he's got he did declare himself as God manifest. Yeah. So it's hey, kind of hard for me. My friends call me the manifestation yeah. of God. So whatever right. you're comfortable with. Right. But my That's friends fair. call me the manifestation. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice little country you got here. It'd be a shame if something happened something to happened it. Something happened to it. Okay. Okay. Epiphanies. We get it. We get it. So a, a brief corrective, but not an entirely informative uh, corrective for us. Is, he, um, but is he, it because he's trying not to spend time on the details because they screwed? They got so obsessed with the details 
And so maybe let's focus back on the Thanksgiving like you were talking I, about. I, I don't know because we're, we're, you know, you read it this way. They get they get back to the Thanksgiving pretty quickly, but they're yeah. cutting out a little bit more speculation, which I got, you know, granted, I was following what what people were speculating about. There's both the the man uh, of lawlessness and then there's this in the interim between 5 and 13 there's something about he who restrains which is really ambiguous language and like is it the spirit is it the church that's restraining evil at this time you know the one who's holding back the man of lawlessness and this lawless age that will break out prior to the coming of the lord um one thing is is uh, to be understanding is that the church had no social power to hold back lawlessness mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. And God is not going to take his, his spirit from the earth because that wouldn't go well for the earth. Right. Okay. That would truly be the end. But uh, so, yeah, it, it is good in terms of if you really do think about it. There's not enough to come up with spin out of some tale like the rapture or something like that. Um, but do people do spin out tales? But he yeah. kind of gets gets back on the, uh, the the perennial themes, which he which he hits in his Thanksgiving Um um, you know, majoring on the majors and then expounds those things throughout the letter. This one has gotten so far afield that he has to have two Thanksgivings to remind right. him, like, let's let's get back to the major, you know, even though this major on the majors, you know, that uh, that uh, our hope is in in God and, and mm-hmm. our comfort is in him. And, and, of course, they are wondering if they've missed the second coming and what does that mean for those who've died uh, in faith? Are they, is it only going to be um, something that... If you expect an imminent second coming, is the hope only for those who are living? And he's comforting them, and I think he's comforting them in both uh, First and Second Thessalonians. That no, by no means, you know. And he yeah. gets into the nature of the uh, the resurrection, and uh, um, in both in both of them, he doesn't. I think he just kind of reminds them of that argument in the first one. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, don't be shaken. Um, don't any cover trying to cover all his bases, you know, as uh, as though from. Uh, uh, a letter from us or a, a vision or anything, a spirit mm-hmm. or a word or letter. Sound like the Amplified Bible as I talk this way. <laughs> <laughs> Message, conveyance by speech. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But it's, yeah, don't be, yeah. Have I missed anything? Kind of going down a semi-exhaustive list. Don't be rattled by these things, but uh, change your focus to the hope that is uh, grounded in, in, that, that in Christ and God. Very good sermon. Yeah. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah who loved us and through grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope. Comfort yeah. your hearts and strengthen them in every good work and word. Ooh, that's don't, nice. Don't be rattled. Mm-hmm. Be comforted mm. and keep working. Yeah. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that work word was there until, uh, mm-hmm. until uh, this reading that uh, they have stopped working. Some yeah. of them like, we'll just, we'll just wait for Jesus to show up at this point. No, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Keep doing good works and words if necessary. Yeah. Sounds sounds Franciscan. Well, you want to do Luke 20? I know you always want to do Luke. When when do you not want to do Luke? Yeah, I almost did this today in class, but we didn't get there. We didn't get this far. All right. So Luke 20, 27 to 38. We're quickly approaching eschatology here too, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Uh, Some Sadducees, those those who say there is no resurrection, came Mm. to him. And he asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up their children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first stick ma- with me on this, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first married, the died childless, then the second, and the third married her, and so in the same way, all seven died childless. 
which, by the way, could very well have been the condition of the woman at the well. So let's stop saying bad things about her. Okay. okay. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just keep sure. moving on. Uh, this kind of thing apparently happened enough that someone thought of it as a hypothetical. This so is I'm really important, Jesus. So stick with me. I just want to say that so many people think that woman at the well is a terrible you know, morality, and it's not mm-hmm. necessarily the case. No. All right. Picking back up at 32, no. I'm going to keep going. Finally, the woman also died. Which happens. Uh, Verse 33. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that they are dead are the fact that the dead are raised. Moses himself showed in the story of the bush when he speaks to the Lord of God. Lord is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, excuse me, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. All right. Good one, Jesus. Yeah. Zing. This is after he's just, you know, zinged the other people. You know? Right, right. It's like, why Why do you ask this question? We did talk, because we talked about the passage just before that. We're not in Luke, but we're in Matthew, because mm-hmm. we're Mennonite. And sure. uh, <laughs> we're not going to get past the Matthew. <laughs> I've got a friend who's teaching someone else in my, actually, he's not my, he's not in my department. He's actually over the division, but he got drafted to teach the same class I'm teaching. He's next door. And he's like, I said, where are you at? He says, we're still in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, it's like, yeah, right. I'm, I'm, we're already in Jerusalem, you know, so he's, yeah. he's, uh, that's a very Mennonite thing to not get Stay beyond the, the Sermon on the, Sermon Mount, on the right. Mount. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good place to get stuck, but yeah. go ahead. So we were talking about just before this, there's the, um, there's the question of the coin. Is it right to pay the taxes or not? Mm-hmm. They're trying to set Which Jesus Which is a really up. good zing, that one. Yeah, it is. And they're, they're trying to uh, get at Jesus, who's destroyed, you know, God came into these prophetic actions in the temple, which he's not going to get away with, but he's wildly popular. And mm-hmm. the thing, you got to make him less popular by asking him, a, you know, embarrassing him in front of the crowds and shaming mm-hmm. him. And so they're trying to shame him with the coin, and that didn't work out so well for them. They, they were ashamed halfway into handing him the coin and realizing, right. oh, realized, oh, oh dang. I'm kind of coming off as a hypocrite here. Can we even participate in this co- economy, <laughs> the, this fallen economy, Jesus? Well, show me a coin. Uh, oh, dang. Oh, dang it. I happen to have one. <laughs> yes. And then, and then Jesus did his scriptural jujitsu and threw him through a window. And, and then someone right. else says, I think I'll attack that guy. <laughs> right. You know, why, why do you do this? Okay. Uh, so, but these guys did. Maybe he thought, well, he, he bested them. Maybe it's a little glory for us in this interchange, and and that doesn't get well. And then the scribes at the end say, who aren't really completely siding with the Sadducees, they say, uh, oh, it probably goes a little bit further. They say, you've answered well, uh, yeah. Jesus. And then Jesus t- tears into them. So right. I think I just steer. Give him a little distance. Give him a little space, folks. It's not going to go too well. My first question would not be, or, uh, what about the re- who's married to this woman in the uh, in the resurrection? Would be like, what is up with this woman? Yeah, what right. is up with all these guys dying? Okay, hey, that happens some, too. You know, some pattern here. I don't know. Just look at look at Onan and and Ur and the whole gang back in uh, in Genesis thirty eight. <laughs> this kind of thing happened. It wasn't her fault. I just want to stand up for her. It wasn't Onan Tamar's fault. And- Er in the gang, worst podcast ever. 
Adventures, worst Odyssey, adventures and Odyssey episode ever. Judah, Judah <laughs> thought that uh, there was something wrong with Tamar too, and there wasn't. It was there all wasn't. the boys' fault. There so wasn't. let's not blame it, this wife. As it turns out, in the most interesting way, it does. Yes. Well. These folks, the Sadducees, uh, are the elite. What, what was making them think to ask a question about resurrection? I mean, don't they like immediately? They don't, they don't believe in resurrection. Right. So don't they yeah. immediately know this puts them at a vulnerable position in this question? Or do they yeah. think it gives them an advantage? I don't uh, understand. The advantage, they, I think the advantage here is um, you say you're a disciple of Moses. Right. And so they're, they're going in with the presupposition, well, Moses, Moses never talked, talked about, about resurrection. This guy says he's a disciple of right. Moses. Let's shame him in that regard. And so, so he gonna... decides to, to prove resurrection from the Torah, which, of course, right. is the only part of Scripture they right. see as Scripture. And yeah, yeah. So he doesn't he quote says, Daniel. He doesn't quote Ezekiel. Right. Because they don't see right. that as Scripture. So he, he says, hang on, Torah. let me tie one arm behind my Right. Back well, well, before I answer you, you know. Right. So yeah, he's going to answer on their own turf. He's literally on their own turf. He he's in the he temple. Is. He's in the okay. temple, yeah. which is a problem. But he's going to. They, you know, Sadducees, like the Samaritans, only had you know Moses in their Bible, the first right. five books, and um, and so this they're really setting him up with this absurd question to uh, to to show the absurdity of believing in resurrection. Okay, Obviously. and of course this is the uh, the Levite marriage uh, mm -hmm. in a patriarchal world, which could be a good or bad thing depending on how people use it. I mean, it's meant to protect a woman who has no protector, and the... and as a gift to the dead brother. I yes. mean, it was, it is because mm -hmm. the child that would be seen would be a child of the dead, seen legally right. as the child of the dead brother, mm -hmm. not so, I mean, it, it's, I mean, obviously with tons of emotional difficulty and entanglements regarding sexuality, but it was meant to provide a, an inheritance for the dead brother as a gift in many ways and to provide the woman some support as well. Right. I mean, right. And then people have to go and make it weird. And then, then people make it weird. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> It was so straightforward. And then obviously in my patriarchal world, it, people had to make it weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then these guys in the first century are making it weird. Make okay. So it is, it is both a provision for a, a women who have no power uh, in that situation when mm -hmm. your, your husband dies and also for a lineage, you know, um, right. for your, for the male. And it could be that they're saying another part of this absurd scenario is that, well, the brother does continue on. The, the dead do continue on through their lineage, okay? Mm -hmm. Why mm -hmm. do you need resurrection, okay? Uh, of course, um, this could be horribly used against women. And right. just, just uh, and the way it's told is that, you know, they, they take her, you know. Right. Uh, they take her in marriage, and, and it's uh, as though she has no, no value other than, uh, you know, procreation. And and there's the language Jesus uses in responding is is a bit more like you know there's life beyond that there's mm -hmm. life beyond these narrow definitions and certainly how you define it so the issue here is who who is Jesus actually the whole issue in Jerusalem is about authority how does Jesus, what kind of authority does Jesus have is this from heaven or not does Jesus have any authority so is it based on Moses is he a, is he an authoritative interpreter of scripture and um, and I want to say yes. I want to say yes. Yes, yes. right? Yes. Okay. I'm okay. going to say yes when it comes to Jesus. Yes. All right. Um, but he, the way he points that out again and again and again is, uh, uh, do, you, do you even understand the scriptures? You know, you who claim to have authority to wear Moses' hat, 
you don't even understand Moses. Okay. So he's going to, he's going to answer on, on their turf. And he's also going to get the knife in and turn it a little bit by like, oh, and here's something else you guys don't believe in angels. Okay. I'll just include a little bit of that in my answer, twist the knife a little bit. So, um, but he's really framing it also in terms of the, those who belong to this age and the age to come, the, the, the qualitative difference between those, this, uh, this new era, this new age, and the fact that that age is already broken in and they're not even discerning mm-hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just status quo and they're the ones who supposedly set the status quo and, and that's, that's bad enough, but they don't even realize that something is coming. Someone has already broken in and is changing the status quo. And we think differently about people uh, already uh, in this age and certainly in the age to come. And uh, this is more public uh, jousting, more uh, honor, shame. I'm going to take a little bit of your honor away from mm-hmm. you. And they see an opportunity for doing that. And Jesus kind of cuts that down with some of his language about um, those who are considered worthy of a place in that age. You know, this is the language of honorific language and honor and glory. And he's kind of raising that issue saying, you guys think you're a shoe and you think you're, you know, big stuff here, but, mm-hmm. uh, you probably should be th- thinking about becoming worthy of that age, which is already breaking in and you don't even realize it mm-hmm. along with the Pharisees. Uh, it's broken. It's in your midst and you don't, uh, you don't perceive it. You know, mm-hmm. the, the people who are asking Jesus, uh, how does the, uh, how does the new age come? Does it come, you know, uh, obviously, or, and it's like, it's right under your nose and you don't perceive it. You, that's the verse where they say it's in your, it's within you. It's like, yeah. he's saying that the Pharisees, he's not saying they're, you right. know, you just I'm need to get in touch you, with like, yourself. You know, it's no, like in it's your right midst, here. in your midst. So this is a kind of, it's kind of, um, those sorts of themes like this age that we're talking about, it's already broken it's in, into our age and it's in your midst and you guys aren't even getting it, mm-hmm. but he does refute them. I mean, he is putting himself forward as the one who understands Moses and the authoritative interpreter. So it's quite, uh, you know, his masterful handling of scripture with, with, uh, with the question about the coin is like, which, you know, give that thing that bears a little image of Caesar back to him and give the thing that bears the image of God back to him. So the, the way he alludes to scripture and handles the nuance of scripture, you know, the present right. tense, the Abraham, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, uh, as, uh, as God revealed himself to Moses. Oh, we're going to talk about Moses. Let's yeah. talk about the burning bush. Do, have you guys read that passage? Maybe you right. remember that passage. And he right. talks about, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Works it's in like, Greek. Works yeah. in Greek really well. Yeah, doesn't doesn't work in Hebrew quite as well, but it works really well in Greek. But but even <laughs> even if and it's probably it's probably he, he his argument isn't built upon parsing a verb necessarily, uh, although that's our penchant. But the whole thing of why would God be showing up? You know, God of the universe showing up and talking about these guys who Abraham are long Isaac dead. You know, to yeah. Moses. You know, he doesn't have to do that. I think within the pragmatic sense of a uh, how he's using language, it's like that's probably right. Why is God talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob if they're dead? You know these old, these old it, dead guys. You know this idea of appealing to the Moses story to talk to these people who only recognize Moses' authorities. To me, mm-hmm. it's very reminiscent of Paul's argument for salvation by grace over faith and baptizing. I mean, saying, "Well, Abraham. I mean, you want to just talk about want to talk about being righteous by faith? The best example of that's mm-hmm. Abraham. Yes, yeah, you know he's right. righteous by faith." And and just taking that away from your opponent, right, right. who's you know, no, wait, no, no, that, no, that mm-hmm. doesn't, that's 
Yeah. Abraham's my, I'm the child of Abraham. You're wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Paul just just steals that authority figure from them. Right. In that argument, right. which is what yeah. Jesus which is, is like, doing here. Ah, what am I going to do now? Yeah. 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 Well, I know this is a horrible topic to bring up, but that is kind of what they say. I'll just I won't even mention the name. I'll, well, it's, I'll mention the name of the coach. That's just as bad. That's what Belichick does. He takes away your best weapon. Yeah. He That's, does. He just he does. like. Well, who are we going against? Let's take away their best weapons. Like, uh oh. Yeah. Like, uh, well, they make you play left-handed. That's yeah. the old joke. I mean, right. they they make you. Play. Well, uh, my son sent me a great uh, uh, image this week. It was a before game. Uh, it was back when Chad Johnson played, and Belichick walks up to him before the game starts and says, "By the way, we're, we're double teaming you all night, so you can pretty much take the night off." And he looks at him. He goes. What? He goes, yeah. He said, we're double teaming you all night. He says, you're not going to dance in our house. No, we're double teaming you all night. And he goes, come on, coach. He goes, no, I'm doing it. And he walks off and Johnson goes, man. <laughs> and of course, that's what they do all night. All night so, long. Just so you know, we're double teaming you all night. So you're going to dance it in our house. But I thought I'd drop by and crush your spirit while I'm here. Yeah, I just want to, right before the game started. By the way, this is what we're doing. Hmm, well, yeah, you're exactly minute. right. Now that's think what about it. Could... Man of lawlessness. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hey, we said no names. Got we another no candidate. Names. He said no names. <laughs> this is sport, yeah. sports and prophecy talk. The <laughs> lines are open. <laughs> well, with that, I think we end. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, okay. Thanks for listening this week. Hope that you have had a good week. Hope you've gleaned something. Uh, remember to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Reading in Church in both of those places. And uh, two in a row on time again. So we're, our streak is, is moving on. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And on time, and we mean sometime in the, during the weekend, we'll, we'll drop the podcast. At some point, the podcast will drop. So yes, when some, you hear it, you'll know we have in it. November. So, yes. Exactly. Have a great week. Have a great Blessings. week. Reading in church is proud to partner with audible.com for you. The listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today.